Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in Episode 7 of the Portland Winterhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Dirt Johnson. So much to get to on this week's episode, and what a weekend it was for the Portland Winterhawks. The Teddy Bear Toss night on Saturday night. An incredible scene at the VMC, and they followed up with a big win over Everett. On Sunday, Nick Merrick, the play-by-play voice, he's going to hop on here in a few minutes, but I don't want to waste any time. I'm over here at the VMC uh, live again. It's great to be back in the building and get to see some of the guys and uh, chat with the team. And, and to kick things off, how about one one of the heroes from Saturday night. There were a lot of them to choose because Marcus Nguyen scored the Teddy Bear Toss goal, but this man scored the game-tying goal in the final minute of the game against Seattle. Luca Cagnoni, uh, the Portland Winterhawks. Luca, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Obviously, like, mid-season now around that time, but we're still going strong, and everyone has a good mentality and stuff like that. So times have been good. Getting school done and everything, so it's uh, it's great right now. Well, it's always good to get here to get you out of class for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I know that's a that's a welcome reward. And you know, I there's a million things I want to get to. You just got a really cool honor. You're going home. Like there's a lot of uh, fun topics. I want to start though with Saturday night. I mean, that was. The first sellout, I think, in Portland, you know, since 2017, 2018. And for some of you guys coming up kind of in COVID years, like you said, not playing in front of fans to playing in front of that crowd. Just what was that like for you, from your perspective on the ice? The game we'll get to in a moment, but just playing in that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, it was insane. Like, I remember, like, we're, like, warming up, like, off ice at, like, 3.30. And, like, we're trying to, like, weave through people upstairs because there are so <laughs> many people. I mean, like, with that type of atmosphere, it's, like, hard not to get up for those games, right? Like, there's so much energy, and it's so loud in the building, and it's obviously, like, an awesome feeling, but at the same time, you got to focus in, and you got to, like, oh, we got a game to play here, right? Because it's all fun, but when it comes to, like, rehearsing a good team like that, it's pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, I'd imagine. I mean, you point out the kind of the pregame stuff that you guys will do and kind of warming your bodies up and dancing around the concourse (laughs) when there's nobody in the building. So did you have to change the regiment, or did you just do it amongst the fans out on the concourse? Yeah, we did it uh, right where the fans are, right upstairs. (laughs) We didn't want to change anything, so it worked out, which is good. Yeah, you're playing good this year. Don't change anything up, right? Keep the routine going. So let's get to the game itself I mean I know you guys had a big weekend and a nice win on Sunday against Everett too that game on Saturday though was I just even from my vantage that was a roller coaster of emotions where it's like this thing's over going into the third two nothing then you look up it's three to two you guys you score a goal with 30 seconds to go I mean but just that that game how was it how did you guys stay in it that way late and what did it feel like getting that goal at the end to tie it up oh uh, yeah like obviously being up two nothing it's you kind of go into the third period with like a pretty good mentality. We just have to shut these guys down and, you know, like stuff happens and that's hockey. We, so it's, we bounced back. I thought we handled it great. Nobody got discouraged or anything. Yeah. And then, you know, like sometimes people are going to mess up and then mess up perfectly for us. And I was lucky enough just to have a, a nice open net there just to seal it. But yeah. What was going through your mind as you're, as I mean, he's back behind the net playing the puck and all of it's like, uh Oh, 
he just kind of like it just kind of froze behind the net and next thing you know you're just on the doorstep did it kind of like just like the seas parted for you is it's like <laughs> oh my god this thing's wide open yeah 100 percent like Obviously, sometimes you don't even think it's going to happen, right? Because, yeah. like, you think he's going to play it one way, but you got to take those chances. And I was lucky enough, like, <laughs> Steph got a good stick in there. I was pretty scared taking the shot, though, because there was three guys, like, sliding across. I was like, I got to raise this. Or you got to get going elevated, in. yeah. So it was, it was a little nerve-wracking of a shot, but <laughs> it, it happened, and it was good, so I'm, I'm happy with it. Well, it was an amazing – I mean, I just – for the for the sellout to win in a shootout, I mean, you couldn't ask for any better drama than yeah. that for 10,000 people in the barn. Like, it yeah. was it was a great night. Let's get to the team, and, and you got some cool honors that I want to talk about as well, but, I mean, you guys were just – unbelievable like for basically the entire month of November the injury bug kind of hits you you drop a couple of games how do you feel about where you're at I mean obviously you top the division in the west but how do you feel about the way you're playing right now uh yeah I think it's a it's a big thing when like guys get injured right because it takes a little bit of chunk out of the team we've had like three pretty like big ones now three or four and you know, it kind of takes a toll out of the team a little bit, but, like, that just gets, like, other guys' opportunities to step up, yeah. and I think that we handled it really well. Like, we have some young guys right now that are stepping into positions, and they're doing a great job, and then other guys that are playing heavy minutes, like vet guys that are also doing a really good job. So I think we're handling it really well right now, and obviously it's showing on the ice because we, like, we look like a solid team out there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say so, to bounce back, too. And how, how big is it for you guys? I know this is something Nick's brought up a lot, but – scoring early and getting off to good starts. I mean, you did it against PG last week. You obviously Seattle, the 2 nothing lead, again against Everett. How, how important is that, and is that a, a, you know, a, a point of emphasis from Mike and the staff of let's make sure we get off to a good start in the first period? Yeah, I think, like, it's a huge thing in our room is the first 10 minutes. Like, we're trying to get shots on net. We're trying to play the right way because yeah. that first 10 minutes can dictate the whole game, right? Because if you come out slow, there's a, there's a good chance that we're going to be slow throughout the whole game. So we come out hot, we're going to stay hot. And that's just how, like, hockey is sometimes, yeah. right? So we, we emphasize that a lot in the room, yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned the young guys that are stepping up. Who are, you know, let's shout some names out. Who's standing out to you and what do you see? Because it is tough. I mean, when you're calling up guys and guys are all of a sudden, you're, you know, maybe you're not playing to a fourth line or fourth line to a third line. What are you seeing from some of the young guys that you like so far? Yeah, I think uh, Nick Johnson had a good had a good role. He was playing, like, first or second line minutes one game. I think he did a really good job. And then, obviously, you have, the like, the Zagreskis that are having a great year right now. You have... My D partner, Southern, that's having a really yeah. good year. Like, everybody's stepping up right now, and we're all just doing a really good job. How big is that dude? Oh, he's huge. Like, he's massive, I'm, man. It sucks standing beside him sometimes because <laughs> I'm like, I got to look up. I'm straining my neck and stuff like that. Like, it sucks. But he's he's a great guy. And I know. I love, great D partner. <laughs> as, a, hey, as a fellow short guy, I'm, I, you know, I'm with you on that. I've yeah. done some TV broadcasts where they had to make me stand on a box because yeah. the other guy was so tall. I was like, this just this looks like a Arnold Schwarzenegger TV, you know, uh, uh, cover. It, uh, Soda's gotten a big fight on Saturday. Yeah. What'd you see? What'd you like? I think it was his second tussle of the year. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to step up, and he stepped up, and he did a really good job. And I just remember how like loud the crowd got after yeah. that. Like it was so loud, and he was hyping up the crowd. <laughs> it was, it was really cool. Yeah, that was a fun moment. Uh, so let's get to. I mean, the 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 coming weeks of a couple more games leading into the to the winter break. Uh, what are the points of emphasis? What are the things you're focused on and the things you're trying to accomplish? And then what is your holiday break going to look like? Yeah, obviously, like, we still have two more games left. So, yeah. like, right now, like, the focus isn't on Christmas break. It's just those two games in this week of practice we have. So I think, like, having a good uh, end to the year kind of or end to the, the first half sure. is uh, really big for me because that's just going to dictate the second half. So I want to make sure that I – 
like get a good good last half in here and then just set a good tone for the next and then obviously winter break it's good to see the family get home and get some good food get some good rest in and all that good stuff so yeah i'm pretty excited for that is richie on you while you're at home for christmas break he said yeah, text every day like hey he probably will be yeah. put down the desserts and let's go for a run or something yeah probably <laughs> i'm just waiting for those texts so i mean you mentioned you know the, the year you're having a great year this year and we highlighted the last time we had you on the pod of just you know being named to the prospect watch list and knowing your name might get called this summer just how exciting that is i mean getting the invite to the top prospect game what is that what does that mean for you and, and the kind of year you're having? Yeah, obviously it was a it was a really big goal for me at the beginning of the year, and I I think hearing it, it's a bit like surreal to me because it is so like it's so limited. Yeah. So it, it is an honor to be there, and I'm I'm obviously like thankful for like the coaching staff and like the Winterhawks and all the teammates because they they've helped me get there and stuff like that. Like I couldn't be more thankful. But yeah, like it's a it's a huge honor, and I'm super excited. Yeah. Well, and how do you feel like you're handling the pressure? Because I think that's the thing that. It's so fascinating for me to look from the outside in, never being in that position of knowing what that people are watching you every game and you're being evaluated every game. And it it's one thing to say, oh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I don't think about it. But is that like how do you try and handle that? And how do you think you are handling that this year? Yeah, I think like that's a it does get to a lot of people, and obviously you it it will sometimes. But like for the most part, for me, it's it is just like you come to play hockey and that's it, right? Like if like things are going to fall into place because of the way that you play and stuff like that, you don't have like too much control in, in it. Like yeah. if it's a bad bounce or something, like you can only control yourself and stuff like that. So I really just focusing on like my mental thing and like just really focusing on like not focusing on it. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it is tough though, but I think I'm for like right now, I'm doing a pretty good job of it. I'm just playing hockey and having fun. Yeah. That's all you can, could you just control what you can control, yeah. right? That's what the, a lot of coaches will say. Now you mentioned going home for Christmas and the holidays will be great. Are they just leaving you in Vancouver? Like, how's that going to go? Cause you got, you're getting go to go home for the first time. Are you excited? Yeah, I am uh, very excited, but we have to come back here to play Vancouver we'll, after. We'll right? give you the night off. Come yeah. on. Isn't that going to make it drive all the way back up after the game? Save the bus fare. Yeah, I know. It's all right. I'd rather play another game, honestly, yeah. cause you know, love hockey and stuff like that. So you, how many people did you get like ticket requests to the game and all that? Are you getting buds and family members that are like, Hey, can I get into the game? Yeah. Obviously my, my family kind of handles that. Obviously yeah. like they're, they're huge fans and stuff like that. But, uh, I've had a couple of friends that are trying to ask me for tickets. And I just, I just give them like my mom to send them tickets or something. I don't even know what they're doing really. <laughs> Yeah, how, how cool is that going to be though? Taking the ice, you think you're going to have a lot of familiar faces kind of down by the glass, just kind of waiting for you? Yeah, probably. I yeah. mean, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's true. yeah we'll wait and see. I'm going to show yeah. up for the game. <laughs> oh, it's a great line. So, a career. I mean, a hundred games to get to that milestone. The consistency, the longevity that you've had at that level is that is that a marker that means a lot to you when you get to a hundred career games? Yeah, it is. I think that it it really. Uh, makes it a lot easier to play more games knowing that you have 100 especially in my head because like now the games are kind of just rolling a little bit faster and yeah. stuff like that so it is it is a big milestone for me especially but it, it is pretty cool and then obviously scoring and stuff like that in the 100th game just felt a little bit better it did right you <laughs> yeah. Kinda, yeah but you, you, you capitalize it the right yeah. way you're supposed to well I mean it's just it's awesome that you're having such a great year the team has been so fun to watch and the way you guys are playing, it's it's really exciting. I, I do want to close with some fun stuff. So the holidays are coming up. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas gift you've ever gotten as a, like when you were a kid? Do you have one that like stands out, hockey related or non hockey related? 
I mean, like, honestly, like, I think it was, like, two Christmases ago or one Christmas, my dad got me, like, a nice set of golf clubs. I think they're, like, oh. Mizunos. That's been in my head. I still, like, I baby them and everything. Okay. I make sure I wash them. So. Clean them after every round. Yeah, that was a really yeah. – I love I love my golf clubs. That was a really good one. And then when I'm younger, I, I actually collect, like, hockey cards, me and my dad. So, like, anytime I get, like, hockey cards or something yeah. like that, like, you always try to get, like, the McDavid rookies or something like that, right? right? So. <laughs> I, I love all that stuff and all, like, the little gifts and stuff like that. Like, they're all really, really special to Well, me. talk about surreal moments. What's it going to be like seeing yourself on an NHL card? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. That's got to go in hard plastic, right? you gotta, yeah. you got to protect that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I just pass it over to my dad. He's good at that There you stuff. go. Yeah, he'll take care of it for you. What, uh, what's your go-to Christmas movie? Uh, Elf or Home Alone 2. Elf or Home Alone 2, okay. Now, is there a reason you like Home Alone 2 more than Home Alone 1? Uh, for I don't know. I actually don't know why. Okay, it's just I think I just like the number two better, honestly. All right, uh, <laughs> makes sense. I like, yeah, the pigeon ladies kind of you know. Yeah, right. yeah, that's not bad. Uh, and then what's your go-to? Like, if you're listening to Christmas music, you got like an artist, you got like a type that you try and listen to. What do you go to? Oh, uh, anybody bumping any holiday tunes before the games? That get you guys going? No, no holiday no? tunes. No Michael Bublé in the locker room <laughs> no. before Seattle on Saturday. No, no. no. Okay. I'm not a big music guy, but. Like, sometimes my parents will throw some music on for doing, like, a gingerbread hose or okay. something. They just yeah. put it on roll, and it just goes down. It kind of plays. It's yeah. in the background. All right. Well, hey, it, it, awesome, man. The, the success you're having, you know, the prospect game is going to be sweet. Great year. Saturday was a ton of fun. You're playing great, and it was great to catch up with you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you. It was great. All right, rolling on here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast, Andy Dirk Johnson hanging out with uh, the play-by-play voice and the star of Saturday night, Nick Merrick. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Oh, far from it. I think that's the boys. <laughs> Marcus Newman was the star. Doing great, though. Doing great. Really good. Feel energized this week. Uh, it's going to be a big one. couple games against Vancouver, yeah. so looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, things things are fantastic here in December. I mean, we I got to start. We just talked to Luca. It was so fun to talk to him. Great timing for not only the prospect game and the career milestones that he's hit, but the goal that he scores on Saturday night. Like, just just perfect. Walk me through your vantage point. I know for those that weren't in the arena, if you weren't at the game, first off, the atmosphere, and then what it was like for you taking kind of a different – point of view than you're used to. You've caught a lot of hockey games. You've been to a lot of Winterhawks games from the same seat, the same perch. What was it like to get a new experience? It was very cool. Um, yeah, for those that don't know, obviously, like uh, Andy and Mike Benton had the uh, broadcast perch spot. I'm usually right below them broadcasting them for the, when they do the TV and the radio games. But uh, for this one, you know, with the different atmosphere, the game ops wanted to have a different MC host. So uh, nobody was available from some of our partners. So then they were kind of asking internally. And I was like, well, you know, I could just have Andy and Mike do my radio call and we'll just you know cross some cords and make it happen and <laughs> i can help in. yeah and then i can yeah. help you out in uh in terms of just doing some in arena mc work so it was really fun like it was so different for me in my five years being here with the Winterhawks. i've never attended a game and was not on the broadcast so it was fun to have a different role it felt a little weird though you know because you're kind of going through your diff- different routine it's the same routine but it's different if that yeah. makes sense yeah i don't know how to describe it um, but it was very entertaining, and then for that goal in particular, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about it, but I'm down in the Winterhawks player entrance corner, um, which is where they you know, they come out of the locker room, they come onto the ice, and I'm kind of down there with the community corner and some other personnel and sponsored groups and right next to the beer garden, and everyone's just cheering, yeah, come on, Hawks, come on. Place is going nuts. Like There were two points in particular that I got the, that I got the chills, and that goal was one of them. 
because when James Stefan sent it back door to Canyon and he put it in, <laughs> it was hard to see it from that angle, but you could really feel the environment and feel it building, the energy building. Everybody goes, oh. And when that goal went in, like, I didn't physically see the goal went in. And part of it was because, you know, I forgot what Seattle Thunderbird player, but somebody tried to block the shot. That kind of got in in the way of my vision. And I'm just, like, waiting for the ref. Like, I saw the shot attempt. I just, I remember trying to, like, look my eyes to the right just just enough. And I saw him pointing, like, three times. And the place just went bananas. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, So I'm sure the fans really enjoyed that one because you highlighted it with Luca. Like, that was the true roller coaster. You go from a team up two goals to surrendering it in the third to now you're trailing in the third period. You tie it up late. Both teams get overtime chances. It goes to a shootout. Like, you couldn't have asked for almost a better script in terms of the gameplay. Now, I'm sure the Winterhawks would have liked it to be a nice, easy win. But those challenging games, Mike Johnson talked about afterwards with me, and he says, you know, he he likes those because – it replicates playoffs, and it shows that these are the two of the top teams in the West, and you get to kind of size up against one another. And, yes, Seattle was shorthanded. I'm sure we'll get to that, too, if we need to. But, um, you know, Seattle's a great team, but Portland is, too, and they got the win, and it kind of just set that tone for going into Sunday, and they they kept it going then for their third win of the week. Well, and there is a certain aspect, too, where, uh, of course, you want a 2-0 win if you can get a 2-0 win. There was a certain poetic aspect, too. It was the first sellout since 2017. Yep. I mean, this the atmosphere, for anybody that was there, if you're listening, you know it was electric from the get-go. I mean, we were taping stuff for the pregame show at, like, 3.30, 3.45, and there's already probably 500 people in the stands. It, like, was, it was wild. Nuts. They let people in early. I'm looking around like, wait a minute. This, like, we were, like, they had to rush the the practice of the national anthem, which usually happens for those who are in True. the arena. Like, she's going way too early. I'm like, what is happening? Like, it took a while to kind of adjust, but there was a poetic nature to blowing the lead and winning the way that they did in True. front of that crowd, and to get to get to hear everybody kind of erupt one more time for the the tying goal and then the shootout win, it was it, it was amazing. Uh, and and I will say this: I you're going to be very humble. You killed it, man. You sounded awesome. Thank you. And it was like for, I think for fans who've been coming to games long enough, we all remember Scooter walking around and doing that and be on the ice and the MC and all that. Like it was it was really fun to get the interview of Marcus Newen right after the goal to get the mic stuff and intermission, like just to hear his thoughts. It helped me on the broadcast because we don't get that on the broadcast. And he said after the second, they were playing a little flat-footed. They wanted to be more aggressive. It's like, hey, thanks for the material, buddy. You're helping me out here on TV. <laughs> so you sounded – I don't know how many times you're going to do it, and I, but I, I think Hawks fans would agree – uh, there's an emceeing in your future if you want to go that route. I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> I, a lot of fans were very kind to me afterwards, too, and they said very similar things. I felt bad the radio didn't work out quite in the arena as we would have hoped. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and I definitely enjoyed the role. If Potentially, we already eyed up our the next game maybe on February 11th, which is the Black Hockey History Night, because that's another televised game that you'll be doing with Mike. Okay. Um, so it could be a way that we work out the kinks, and I try to get back over there. But I agree. I, I think it was, you know, that was something I pitched to, to the staff of saying, you know, and, and thanks obviously to Mike for doing this. I was kind of like, can I grab the goal scorer during the bear pickup to do an in-arena interview? And he was like, no, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. It's like there's some of those little moving pieces, too, that you have to make sure that, you know, I don't want to step on any toes either, sure, and all of sure. a sudden you're trying to focus on the game, and here's a media member in the middle of their game when it's like <laughs> the team time, and right. I'm like, no, I want to get them for some seconds. <laughs> Obviously, they do it in television broadcasts all the time, but not during play. Like, nobody's yeah. ever – well, they do with the coach, but not a player. So sure. that was very cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm glad it brought some extra energy if it did. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good – you know, stepping stone to see what, what could happen for the um, game entertainment down the road. It was a lot of fun, man. It was great. It was a great added impact. And what was the fun? Did we get a fun?
final tally on the Bears from Saturday. We did. We did. Uh, I know I said it I said it final in the arena, and I'm sorry for that because some Bears trickled in afterwards. I love I that. At the end of the game, for those that don't know, Oops. there was about an extra 50 Bears on the ice after the shootout win, and I just started laughing. I was like, ah, oh, some people had some leftover ones. There, there were. It was. I think part of it was because some people still assume just a Saturday game they get in at 6, but it started at 5. So I noticed a couple people were trickling in a little bit after the game had already started. I think that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, but the final that they had at the time – was in the 1300s. Then by the time they got the extra bears delivered um, in the arena, either on the ice they picked up, wow. kind of in the third of the overtime or in the booster club, it was 14,787. Wow. I think that was the right number. I hope I got that one right. Uh, 14,787 I think was the right number. Um, but just under 15,000, really, really strong showing for the Hawks wow. fans. I mean, that that's the second highest total we've ever gotten on a teddy bear toss. So, like, you, you deserve a round of applause tuning in if you contributed to that. If you didn't... Hey, let's try to beat that next record next year. year. It's a little over 16,000 is what we needed. We need to get over 16,321 to beat the record. But, um, you know, right up with that, the Bears were kept going. Yeah. And I, I said this too to, you know, a couple people walking around. I, I think I posted on my social. But seriously, huge kudos, too, to the game operations team and the interns and the helpers and the junior winter hawks and the figure skating team and the Rosebuds. Like, they killed it. Uh, they t- I, we timed it 11 minutes and 52 seconds to get, well, at the time, telling 13,000 bears off the ice and then puck drop again. Like, it happened so fast. So quick. And that was one of those, because we're talking about the in-arena thing, I'm up in the corner. I was trying to do one of the lucky rows. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, no. this I, I already had it in my head. I'm like, I'm going to be walking in the stupid arena bowl. <laughs> I'm going to be walking upstairs, <laughs> and I'm going to hear the place go, ah. Because somebody's going to score the teddy bear toss goal. I'm going to have no vision on it. And I knew this was coming. Like, we're going to have a situation where I'm going to interview the goal scorer. I'm going to be like, what happened? Who scored? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see I it. I'd have to pick it up one of the TVs. Oh, I literally, so it was good. it was almost like a story for me because I was walking up the stairs and I just like came over the horizon of the seats and I could see the ice. And all of a sudden, Marcus knew within four seconds, lifted the stick of Kynak. And I'm like... Here we go. I like said that mentally in, or internally, like in my own head. I'm like, yeah. this is this could be it. And then sure enough, he scored it. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you know, everyone's celebrating. I'm throwing my bear. I had a bear with me, and I'm grabbing other bears to help funnel. Then I go, wait, I gotta go on the ice. We gotta help out. We gotta help out in the game. <laughs> I gotta go start cleaning up. So it was very fun for me because typically I'm in your I'm in your spot. And I'm thinking we're ducking and covering. Yeah. You know, the laptop lids are getting closed. Are are yeah. If you have a water bottle, that thing's on the floor on with the, floor. the screw yep. cap on. Like you aren't touching it. You aren't. You're waiting until after the teddy bear goal. Um, so it was different because I only had that mentality. Now I have to be like, oh yeah, we have to be hustling around and running this area. So <laughs> it was fun. I think the fans enjoyed that too because it's it's such a different game, and that's why people always like showing out because you're giving back to the community. It's such a random weird sporting event niche that's like oh, you wait you do what you like bears on the it ice? sounds so silly right yeah. like I, I even got some random people like what what is, what is this and you're like okay so when the team scores their first goal you throw the teddy bears there's thousands of them you collect them you give them the charities and nonprofits in your area and they're like huh that's unbelievable yes. like who thought of that right because it, it just sounds so so fake um but it was just oh, such a special man. night and obviously luca talked about how cool it was and being in that environment I'll be quiet, but I, you know, it's just a game I'm not going to stop talking about for quite some time. The too. sellout, the fans are amazing. I know the people behind the scenes and the players really appreciated it, and you could tell the difference walking around. It was a really fun game to be at, and to your point, if you weren't there this year, look for the calendar when it comes out next year. It's only once a year, yes. and it's a fun game yes. every year. To get that many and to have that atmosphere back, 
you know, thinking about two years ago not having a Teddy Bartos game for COVID and all that cancellation, like to get here two years later, it's a really cool and it's a, it's a testament to the fan base. And to your point on cleaning up the ice so quick, I as a, as somebody who's on the TV call that, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever plans that cleanup process, filling 15 minutes is not easy. No, like, it's not. It's fun at first. There's bears flying, <laughs> and then the bears stop, and it's like, yep. okay, now we're just watching people clean up yep. bears. Like you're coming up with material, so cleaning it up in 11 minutes is amazing, and the the timeliness that they did that was a lot of fun. What a great goal too to score because oh, it being a breakaway. So there's like a build up to it because sometimes you get the goal and you're like, it's just like a wrap around or a one timer, and you're like, oh, did that go in? Right. But the break, like a breakaway, you know. Uh, perfect stolen puck and here you go everybody stands up like is this gonna be it and then it is and Marcus Nguyen ended up being the the hero and I'm not sure if he cashed any bets in the locker room for that but I'm sure that he had a little bit on that he did I I got that (laughs) one the boys always put some money on that game I don't know how much the total was though I can't speak on that one but um, I know he got the winning pot. Like they'll they'll have some alumni that join in too, and they'll throw you know hundred bucks or so to, sure. the, to the goal scorer because they know how fun it is for those guys and gives them that extra motivation. I mean, your name goes it's etched in the history yeah, books. Hundred percent. You remember who is the Teddy Bertoz? Hundred percent. People always remember that. And then when Newen scored it too, he kind of said he had that celebration in his mind. He wanted to drop down to a knee and look at one of the Bears and and just give it kind of a nice big party before the team, you know drives into them. <laughs> right. But it, it is crazy, though, because the Teddy Bertoss game is so different. If you if you haven't come, by the way, it's always in December in Portland. Um, and I'll go back to, I feel for all the visiting broadcasters that have to do those uh, yeah. those Teddy Bear games because I've been in that time. spot, too. Yeah, you. it's a lot of time. It's more fun when you're the home team. It's easy. You're it's talking great. excitement. Yeah. When you're on the road, you're like, oh, great, team just scored. When Seattle had back-to-back, they were in Everett's Teddy Bear yes. Toss on Friday, yes. and then Portland's on yes. Saturday. And that's that's a lot of you know that's a lot of airway to fill. So um, <laughs> shout-out to those that have to do it. I don't know how we got lucky, but the Winterhawks do not. You know, probably nobody wanted to play Portland. I guess that's why. Yeah. Um, so shout-out to Mike Johnson for making sure the team was good so nobody wanted to play them on the Teddy Bear Toss. And uh, <laughs> makes my life way easier this year. I didn't even have to worry about the call. I was doing more behind-the-scenes stuff. And now you just truck through and you know this December slate's big there's some key games coming up yep. Vancouver's going to be a really good test um and then you know you get the break and I know everyone here staff included is ready to just kind of take a breather for a minute reset ourselves as well for the second half of the year because you know part of it all your energy is built up towards those big nights like a teddy bear toss then after the big night like that happens, then it's okay. Now we get to put our attention on some of these other bigger nights in the second half of the season, your New Year's Eve game, the Pride Night game. We have a first annual Kids Day game on a noon uh, you know, noon Monday. That's, That's right awesome. before Canyone is going to be going off to that top prospects game. So there's, you know, there's some exciting things coming up just in the end of December and January, but um, it's crazy how fast the season gets going after you yep. get towards the holidays. You look up and you're like, okay, here we are. We're almost at the holiday break. And yes. I think to your point too, I, bouncing back and beating Everett on Sunday I thought was really impressive because that's, I mean, that's a pretty high to come down from beating your rival the way you did it in a shootout. So not only are you, you know, you're playing longer into the night, you're more tired than you would have been if you just went in regulation. Right. And to jump on Everett early to hold on to win that game on Sunday, I thought it was really impressive. What have you seen? You know, it's crazy. You look at Portland this year, they have four regulation losses and like three of them come in the last two weeks because they've been shorthanded. And we highlighted that two weeks ago in the last pod. They're just, they're banged up right now. Yep. And it's yep. going to happen over the course of the year. And thankfully, some guys, Budazona's back in the lineup. So that's good to see. But what just what have you made of the resiliency that they've shown? And what did you think of the win on, I mean, we, 
highlighted the Seattle win a ton, but Everett's a damn good team, and they took they care are. of them on Sunday night as well. No, I think it's exactly that. I think it's the fact that, I mean, Lucas said, probably said it best, and it's the same words I would use. Like, the fact that those younger players get a chance to play in a different role and, and play a little bit more elevated minutes than they would if you had a completely healthy lineup. Because, you know, some somebody wouldn't get that penalty kill time. You wouldn't get that second power play unit time. You wouldn't get that, you know extra shift in period two um, if some of those players are always back at full health. So I think those little subtle minutes are going to pay dividends down the road. And Mike's alluded to that to me in, in different you know post-game interviews or just kind of chit-chatting on the side where you get down the stretch and all of a sudden you're going to have those players that are building that chemistry in that time. And everyone always asks him because, of course, he's the GM as well. Is there, is there a move coming? What's going on there? And he goes, no. Like, there may be, but it's not going to be anything, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy like you're seeing with other teams doing. Like, I want to let and see how my chemistry of this team goes. And, you know, you got to give them time to kind of grow together. So yeah. then when you handle those adversities and injuries, team gets to grow together. Um, and they get to kind of, like, figure it out in a way. Like, you know, losing stinks for any team. Nobody likes to lose. But in a way, sometimes it's not a bad thing because you need to handle that little, you know, bump in the road. Yeah. Okay, that didn't feel good to lose, you know, by a lopsided score against a rival. How, what do we do? That didn't feel good to blow a lead in the third period. Okay, what do we have to do different as a team? Like, what do we all want to commit to as the group if we want to be this contender? Um, so it's going to help. I think that's part of it. We've always said the resiliency of this group's been massive. I think those final 30 seconds in Seattle kind of speaks for it. Uh, you know, of course, Luca dumbs it down, and I know what he's doing, but, um, you know, team makes a mistake, right? So, like, you don't want to be like, well, it wasn't really our great play. It was more of their mistake. I understand, but sometimes that was the mistakes the Winterhawks were making. Exactly. So, like, now they got rewarded because they were playing their game and they were putting pressure on, and, you know, they, they got rewarded for it. So, um there's those little nuances that I think are going to benefit them. You're getting a lot of affiliate players in the lineups uh, in the last two weeks in, in particular. You already had Hudson Darby. You had Ryan Miller. You had Cole Cairns. You're about to have Nick Andrusiak. He's come up now right before the holiday break. Not sure if he'll play games this weekend. I'd imagine you probably draw into one, usually if you get a call up like that. Uh, but I think the plan will be at least have him stick around for a couple of weeks, and we'll see if he goes in the January, um, you know, based on some of those injuries for the team. Yeah, And then – you know, you kind of just take it one game at a time. And I think then the next element after this one for Mike is going to be how's the team doing on that Eastern swing? Because that's really when the group comes together. Like, I know from my perspective, it's tough because I'm trying to do the broadcasting stuff on the team. And I have a really good time on the road. But then there's, you know, I can't just drop my work from Portland. So you're trying to, like, check into <laughs> right. Portland while you're doing this team schedule. And it's, like, confusing. And it's this different world for two weeks. Um, but on that trip, you're so much spent together lunch together breakfast together dinners together when yeah it's normal for games but not when you're on for two weeks like it's a, it's a chance for the team to take that extra step together and kind of grow together um so I'm sure Mike's going to be looking at that in terms of like another milestone and of just you know how how is our team looking after this big trip are we together you know is this a good unit how are we feeling about the club um and that's going to be a good telltale sign but then it's just rivalry night after rivalry night after that. So. <laughs> it's all backloaded in <laughs> yes. the U.S. division, man. you got a lot of Seattle games coming up. And to your point on the road, I mean, it, it feels like that'll be the longest trip since early in the season, right? I mean, 100%. if they've been on the road, and you guys have done a lot. But, 100%. But being gone for two weeks and kind of having a point to bond, it's probably good to have that right out of, out of the holidays. I yep. mean, not great in terms of you get, like, two home games or three home games, and then you're right back on the road again. But just as a point of, like, all right, let's come together, second half push, let's see where we go. Uh, the big news this week, too, I mean, on top of Luca, who 
who gets awarded to the prospect game, Merrick Alsher going to the World Juniors. Very cool. Uh, we were all kind of waiting, assuming that that would happen. But w- w- what was your takeaway from that, and how excited are you for Merrick going? I-, I loved it. I love it. I think he's going to do such a great job there with Czech Republic at, at World Juniors. And it's one of those situations where the Czech roster is pretty strong. Like, it's getting a lot more competitive down the stretch than it was even just a few years ago and obviously speaks to the development there within their own country and their own systems but um, you know Ulster kind of came here to the WHL a season ago you know wanting to pick up things and wanting to make that jump to the pro ranks but you know same way too some of those European players kind of come and they have like the best case scenario in their head and then they also have like, well, what if it goes terribly? Like, I don't know this culture. I don't know what if I'm not going to gel. I feel foreign like, country. Yeah, man, I yeah. feel like for all those players, there's like a best and the worst. And for Alshur, he's kind of almost hitting the best in a lot of areas. Yeah. Like, played so well in his first year. Really developed under Mike and and Don Hay in particular um, when he was here. And then you know sees his name called in the third round of the NHL draft. And I think that was a nice surprise for him. I felt like he was going to get drafted, but it's a treat when you, when you think a player might be like, well, I hope somebody wants him. Cause like, there's so many good pieces there. And then the C was a third round pick, you know, from my media perspective, I'm thinking, okay, great. Like a GM saw exactly what we see on a day-to-day basis. Right, like this right. is the player you want to have in your locker room. This is the guy you want. He got so many good friends. Luca Cagnoni one of his best buddies here. Josh Morey as well. We've known about that. So he really acclimated well, and now he gets to go play with, with his country once again. He played there at every single level. So, like you know, him and Jan Spoonar, you look at it, they played at the under-16, under-17, under-18 levels. They've been on that radar forever, and then the fact that he gets his name called this time, it, it just you know it showcases the work he had to do to get there and how much he stuck to it. I'm very excited for him. I know it's – I think it's a preliminary camp roster. That's what me and Peter and a couple others were trying to figure out. Sometimes the verbiage is weird. Yeah, so – I think there was 27 or 28 players named to that roster. I think you're only allowed to have 22, maybe 23 kind of official. But I think they're all going to stay there. So we're kind of like scratching our head a little bit. I hope he draws into games because yeah. he deserves it. He needs to get into the games. And if he's not, then I'm going to be upset because I want him in, in uh, you know, Winnipeg. It's and another Saskatoon reason to watch the World Juniors, man. Yes. It's so fun when you turn it on and you see no matter. I mean, we obviously always root for the United States or whatever country you're you're. Uh, from, but seeing the Winterhawks and the local guys go and have that moment on the biggest stage Agreed. against the best competition of their age. It's just, and for those who don't watch the World Juniors, I, I put the World Juniors up there with honestly one of the best sporting events of the entire year. It's incredible. It comes around and the passion that the guys play with, the intensity that the games take on, it's just, it's hard to beat. So there's a reason just to watch it because it's a great sporting event. And then you get on top of that the fact that you got a Winterhawk that's representing a country. Yep. You mentioned Seattle shorthanded on Saturday and they obviously got a bunch of guys. It feels like half the Canada roster is the Seattle Thunderbirds right now. Um, and, and I do find it interesting that they, I mean, you all, you're, Portland's in first in the U.S. division. They're in first in the Western Conference. So they're feeling great about where they're at. They just beat Seattle on Saturday night. They're a 3-2 edge on the season series so far. Seattle has added two NHL players to their roster in the last month. And that's not an easy thing to do in the WHL. They made the big move for Nolan Allen. You know, selling the farm. Here we go. Let's go get a a first-round NHL draft pick. The Prokop acquisition finally pays off for them. And he's banged up, didn't play on Saturday. But getting two NHL drafted guys, I I ran into somebody behind the scenes on Saturday. And they, they made note of that, of, whoa. It, all right, game on, kind of. Here right. we go. It's already a rivalry, but now, okay. Uh, do you think that impacts Portland and what they do in the next month, or are they in their own bubble saying we're going to stay in our lane, we like where we're at? I, I know nobody knows, but I did, it's just interesting when you have a rival that makes that aggressive of a move, does that then force you to make a counteracting move? Agreed. I think that's – you know, I think the first and foremost, Mike's going to stick with this team, and he's not going to make any drastic changes. 
Um, it's never really been his way, so I don't think it's going to be like a Seattle overhaul because that was a roster overhaul. I mean, they traded a lot a of draft ton. picks. <laughs> like, not even the draft pick-wise. You're right, because obviously there was a ton of – and they had the assets, so eventually it's like, well, you we could use them if you want, right? Yeah, yeah. And Mike, Mike loves trading future draft picks because you get the players in the system and you want to build them in Portland. So he likes moving on. Yeah, you know, some things – they could turn into the superstars. You never know what picks are moving away. In that same regard, though, I was just having this nice conversation with Josh Kreitzer over a text. Uh, Portland turned it, turned a trade um, with Nick Perna back when to um, Perna, yeah. acquiring uh, Rhett Ravendahl. That was his draft pick yeah. that they used to get Ravendahl. And then there was another one that brought in Southern and another pick that they used in that Ryan Hughes trade that resulted in Alex Thompson. So, like, the pieces that were moved still resulted in Really, really good players coming back down the line. So Portland does risk that because they draft so well. But I, you know, I, I feel like everyone's kind of looked at that one twenty-year-old spot that's open and is kind of thinking, well, Portland's probably going to make a spot there. And I, I would probably agree with that. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like obviously, Mike and and his staff and his scouts will call the shots there. But it makes sense because if you want to make a run, you'd want to have an, an older player who's kind of been around that before. But you also need the right person who's going to mesh. Sure. And I think it's kind of that fine line of like, well, if we bring this person, is it right? Is it the right character that's going to fit in the locker room, or, or are they just going to you know put themselves on the outside? And this team's very good at opening themselves in and, and you know wide arms, saying, "Come here, you're you're a part of us now." And they do such a great job of that, and that showcases the leadership in that locker room. Um, but you know, you never know. There's always a one-off thing. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's going to be some kind of subtle move made like that. Um, just especially seeing with all these injuries happening and knowing that they have the roster spots where they're calling up the affiliate players. Yeah. Perfect world for Mike and his staff, I'm sure, is you still have all those affiliate players with your club once their seasons end, but they aren't necessarily relied upon to play those minutes. They're kind of just there as those black aces. They're there as the secondary pieces. Like, okay, we have four injuries in the postseason. Sure. Now we need to play these guys. You don't want to be in a situation where you don't have enough personnel and you're thinking, well, now we actually have to play them in game one of the playoffs because we're banged up or this and that. Um, so I feel like there's room for maybe one, maybe two moves, but I don't know. I don't know. I, obviously, it's going to have to get resolved quick. We're under a month away. Yeah, what's it, January um, January 10th? 10th. Yeah. yeah, so it's you know that's when the rosters lock, too. So like if you aren't in the 23-man roster – then you can't be added. Yeah. You could be an affiliate player and play those games, um, but that's kind of when they set the bar. So I, I don't know, but it's interesting, though, too, because like you said, the team's been obviously clicking well. They won three of five against Seattle. To be fair, though, I know Seattle in that, in that last game didn't have those players. Pro Cop, the Winterhawks haven't faced him yet. It's, it's a good team. It's a dangerous team, yep. but I don't think Portland's scared of Seattle. They can hang with them. When they play at their best, Portland, they can hang with the T-Birds. So I think that's going to you know, kind of be a tell sign of those big meetings in March when it's crazy now to think now that you see the rosters. I think four of the last five regular season games for Portland are against Seattle. Wow. Or something like that. Or and four of the last be, six. You just know there's going to be something on the line. It's so, going to be 100%. It's probably going to be some kind of home ice. It might be for the Western Conference Championship. Like, you don't know. But I, I agree. I think those four games are going to be big. And sometimes, I think last year we looked at the schedule and kind of like, meh. Like, when you get to the point there's nothing to play for, you're like, just roll it into playoffs. Yeah, like, yeah. these these players don't really care. Like, Winterhawks knew they had the three seed locked up. Seattle knew they were either going to have one or two, but it wouldn't matter. You know, it's one of those, like, just – Let's start playoffs. Yeah, we're ready. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like this year is going to be different. Like It'll be different. Well, and, and then on that note, I just last thing on the roster acquisitions and movement and all that is, you know, Seattle made the move for Prokop, and they didn't know if he was going to 
come or not. It's right. one of those trades of we're, we'll give you the assets. We don't know if this is going to pay off or not. Right. It pays off. He gets reassigned, and now he's a part of their team, obviously injured right now. Portland's got one of those right now where they're waiting, and there's a player going to World Juniors. So for those who don't know, what's the backstory, and when is there a date that we could find out? Because Portland might have the ability to add a player to their roster again without making one of these ginormous uh, trade deadline acquisitions. Sure. Well, obviously the Winterhawks have two signed players in the AHL, Cross Hannis and uh, Tyson Kozak. Both those two players doing very well. Um, obviously been fantastic taking on their pro career, moving on. Yeah, there's always that question of, well, what if they come back? But, like, nah, yeah, they moved on to pro, right? It's like you focus on that, you push it away. Um, Tell me it's open, but all the roster spots have to be in by January 10th. So if a move doesn't happen from the American Hockey League to the WHL by January 10th, it's not going to happen, period. Um, A.K.A., it basically has to be announced kind of during the World Junior time. Um, and then I think the one you're alluding to is probably Lucius. Yes. At this point, it's a it's a no news is no news type of thing. Like, you aren't hearing anything. Nothing's going on there. Um, Chaz Lucius was drafted by the Winterhawks in 2018 in the fourth round. And when players kind of are going through that recruiting process as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, wherever they are, you know, they get to kind of see, do I want to go in the, in the major junior route? Do I want to go to the college route? Do I want to go to the junior A route in USHL or BCHL and then go to college? So you kind of have paths. And Lucius chose at the time he wanted to go play for the development team, the national development team in the U.S. He played there at the under-17 level. He went to college at Minnesota, um, you know, was, was a highly touted freshman recruit a season ago. He was only 18 and then he signed a pro contract. Well, that's the one difference between NCAA and, and WHL. If you sign a professional contract, you, can't go back. you now lost your NCAA eligibility yeah. rights. So you can't go back there, meaning you can only play in the NHL because you signed the NHL deal in their affiliate team. This is the one area where people maybe don't know, but if you go the college route and you sign, you do have permission to play in the American Hockey League. The WHL has an agreement as do the CHL umbrella with the NHL, that if a player is not there as a 19-year-old in the NHL, they must be sent back to the league yep. because it helps build the CHL as well and the kind of the talent pool there, and it keeps the high talents playing against one another. So basically it just keeps the league very competitive. Yes. And you aren't just going to be like, well, I want to take that player I drafted in round four and just put him immediately in my AHL. So it's good then too because then the fan base will build around it. So there's different pros and cons of every way. But he's – in Manitoba right now, has been in Manitoba. I think he's nursing a minor injury, too, because I noticed um, he was named, with, along with two other unsigned Winterhawks prospects who went the college route for that uh, World Juniors USA team. But I saw he was in our non-contact jersey, so not exactly sure what the thing is there. But you don't, I don't, we don't hear the conversations here. It's kind of all, you know, it just becomes a rumor mill. So for the fans that are wondering still, there's nothing there. Obviously, it's going to be a massive deal if he does come. Um, I'm sure from a, you know, from a player perspective, you'd always love to add a free first-round pick to a team that nice. knows they can win a championship. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how the World Juniors goes, and then, you know, at, at least this conversation can be either, you know, it'll be Settled by January 10th, and we'll know, okay, well, no, no problem. It was a fun little rumor for, you know, three months, or all of a sudden, okay, here we go. Like, a pro team's deciding Portland's the best place to develop for this player, so let's get him some more minutes and see how he does. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out, and yeah, it's just, it's just a waiting game. Yeah. It's just a waiting game. I, I just want him here because it's an all-time all time name. 
all time. Oh, hundred percent. I want to use that name on a TV broadcast. It's great. It's you know helps the hockey team. That's sure. It's great. I want to see Portland win. I just I love the name. There's to, there's some good ones on Portland this year. Like there's they some, have a good name oh, team it's this quality, year. Quality, really quality. <laughs> not a lot of those ones too that you get tripped up on that change pronunciations as the year goes on. There's yep. not a like yep. game thirty. All of a sudden, hey, by the way, my last name's actually this, not this. <laughs> None of that, man. It's great. A great name team this year, and Lucius would be a great one to add to it. Um, you, you mentioned we're almost to the holiday break. We're getting closer. So first off, uh, let, tell people about what's going on this Saturday night because I got to look at for, and people in the arena got to look at the uniforms which are sweet badass so who designed them what's going on there and then uh, what's Nick Merrick doing on a holiday break yeah a to- so much fun coming <laughs> up here December 17th Saturday night last home game before that holiday break it's the ugly sweater night so the Winterhawks are going to debut their well I guess debut in game they've in-game, already debuted yeah. them at the teddy bear toss for warm-ups but it's a holiday themed jersey um, Logan Acebo one of the uh, assistants there under Clayton Johns, the head equipment manager, he's helped out with the locker room attendant stuff. He's done a ton of equipment things with them and kind of part of his um, his game day crew. He actually designed these in the summer, came up with his idea, worked with the staff to get them into, you know, kind of what they were today and the creation that they are. And they're going to wear those specialty jerseys one night only. There will be replica jerseys available in the team store um, at least, knock on wood. I've been I've been told that the shipment will be here by then. <laughs> it, it should be. It's not through CCM. Everybody's going through that with their Christmas presents. <laughs> we really right now. are. Will though. my gift get here in time? We really I don't are. Know. It's all those supply chain issues. They <laughs> they I keep know. lingering over, and we're getting frustrated too. But they'll be available in the team store eventually. Those team worn jerseys will be auctioned off at a later date, so you can keep an eye on that. But they'll have nice, clean, unstinky ones, brand new <laughs> with the tags at the team store. Uh, there's gonna be Christmas music that night, and then just another good game home and home with Vancouver. Vancouver's a really quality quality opponent. You know, they got some firepower, but they will be missing some this weekend. I didn't really think about this until last night, Um, you know, kind of unwinding from that whole crazy week of Teddy Bear Toss weekend and, and playing three, three games three. in the week. You and had a long week. It was, it was a good home week. Or and then I was thinking four or five, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking, you know what? They're going to have Zach Ostopchuk because he's at Hockey Canada. And you know what? I don't think they're going to have Samuel Hanzik because he's at Slovakia. So I'm like, okay, so they're going to be down a couple pieces too, just like the Winterhawks will. So, yeah. um, you know, th- but they're still – Right there in the in the hunt there in the BC division. They beat the Winterhawks last time, so I know the team's focusing on trying to get some wins there. And then just ugly sweater nights going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so be sure to check those out. It's going to be a, a nice holiday jersey. Shout out to Logan for making them. And uh, then, you know, we're right into holiday season. All my fa- uh, family's coming up to town. My dad's going to fly in from Minnesota. Um, he'll actually be here for a couple weeks, so he'll be able to see the New Year's Eve game. Oh, fun. Which will be good. So he's staying a little bit longer, which is very nice. Um my wife's mom and brother are going to come down. Some mother-in-law, brother-in-law are coming down as well. And just going to be a nice holiday break. And we'll, we'll take the word break um, true this time. We're just going to, you know, everyone's coming to us, so we get to settle into our house. Perfect. We'll have some Christmas games, you know, just share some good stories, watch some movies, lay low. Nothing really on the docket. Like, this is one of those trips that nothing's planned, so we'll just kind of take it by ear and go with it. But we always play our little board games and card games. Yeah. and. We'll, we'll just have some nice fun, and I'll, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll be tuned into World Juniors plenty. That's always my favorite as well, because uh, you said it's a great sporting event. I 100% agree. It's one of my favorites out yeah. there. I don't know why. I think it's just because of the passion that's there, and and it's something to watch over break, like knowing that most either on school break or you're now when you work for a hockey team, usually those teams are on break. Um, it's nice to be able to check in and see that. So hopefully a nice low key one, and then. You get the juices going because it's off to a quick road trip once you're back after a couple of games in December. You're heading east. You're going to be gone for the entire month of January. Yes. You, gotta, you, gotta, yes. you need your downtime. you got to soak it in while you can. It is so, like those, those vacations when you take some time off and you got nothing to do, sometimes are the best.
You're agreed. not flying anywhere. You're not traveling anywhere. You're no, just agreed. loafing around the house. Yes. Getting stuff done. Yes. Relaxing. Just put my sweatpants on. Give me a little in, slippers. Right? And, yep. Come yep. on, man. That's Throw a blanket on you on the couch. What are you doing today? Honestly, don't know. I'm having this coffee. I'm going to watch the TV. And <laughs> I don't know. We're going to see what happens. It's a great place to be, man. Well, it's a great trip. And uh, uh, last one for you. Yep. Your favorite Christmas gift as a kid and your favorite Christmas movie. Ooh, um, you know, Christmas movies, interesting. I'll, I'll, I might have to double back and give one after this holiday season because I really want to watch a bunch more. Okay. Maybe, maybe the one that emerges. Okay. Elf, Elf is probably always my go-to. I'd go agree to. with Luca. Um, I always have that one on or, or enjoy watching it. So we'll go with that. Um, favorite gift as a kid? I think I have a couple. Um, honestly, one of them when I was really young, I got a Napster audio player. Oh, yeah. Before, it was like, Kind of right when the iPod was coming around, but I went with the Napster from Samsung. <laughs> that thing was unbelievable. I love that thing, that little silver brick. <laughs> I was rocking it forever. Um, I really enjoyed that one because I had all my 2000s pop music on yeah. it then pretty much. So, um, And that was that was a notable one because I just got so much use out of it. Um, I think another – I mean, I was I got the gaming systems and all that jazz. Um, I think those were kind of – and honestly, a couple of unbelievable trips that my parents took me on, like – they spoiled the crap out of me when I was yeah. a kid. And you look back and you're thinking, like, how was I going on some of these things? Like, it's wild. <laughs> so I got some really nice trips um, with the family. And, and part of it, too, of course, it's for them, right? Like, they're yeah. taking me. But um, those those were really special. And I'm, I'm definitely more of, like, an um, experience gifter. I'm with you, Rather man. than the physical stuff. Then I just get – I'm a clutterer. Yeah. I have too much crap everywhere. I, I look at my desk my now and I'm like, ugh. I'm due for a cleaning on my desk. Like, things are kind of in my way. It's just annoying. Same same when I'm at home. Yeah. Like, I like to be really nice and tidy and neat, but then I get too much stuff. I'm just like, ah, it's built up. I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Like, do I go on Facebook Marketplace and sell it? Do I put it here? <laughs> you know, do I do I just donate to Goodwill? Yeah, I'll like, go into worth- Goodwill. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I've already made, like, two trips to Goodwill of just getting rid of clothes. I'm like, I know we're coming. <laughs> like, some stuff's coming here for Christmas time. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the two, two – uh, uh, there's there's so many gifts. I mean, when I was a kid, I guess I can go back really far. Hot Wheels, Ninja yeah. Turtles. Those were that undefeated. That was the go-to for childhood, yes. Nick Merrick. If you yes. got those, you're happy. My mom would always tell me, and I and I knew, like, I have memories of it, but, um, you know, because realistic, it's like when I was seven and eight, but she would have more vivid memories. I would just load the house with those orange Hot Wheel tracks, <laughs> yes. like the ramps that go down, yeah. and I would put it on the stairwell and All have it go around. down, or I'd put it on the back of the sofa and, like, use a pillow as a weight to keep it up there, <laughs> and then just drop the things and see how far they would roll on the wood floor. And, oh, that's great. Um, those were always, I mean, Hot Wheels and Ninja Turtles were, like, my two favorite action figures and toys. <laughs> to play as a kid so um i guess that should be the correct answer but there's so many ones and um i'm just looking forward to you know being able to just kind of spend and reminisce on some of those things that maybe i'm missing with family for this next week i love it man well hey two more games to go you're almost there almost to the not a finish line but like a halfway line where you get a break a much needed break i know everybody behind the scenes deserves one because you guys have been working your tails off and so have a great holiday appreciate enjoy the ugly sweater game on saturday and uh, we'll catch up probably right after Christmas. We'll I hope. get everybody all set for New Year's in a, in a big East Coast swing in January. That sounds fantastic. I'm going to flip the script on you, though, too. I've okay. been the one rambling here. I'm okay. kind of coming off that teddy bear brain, so I'm like, what's my thing? What are your holiday plans? How, what are you doing here? People I don't know what doing, doing. I am literally doing exactly what you're doing. Good. And I cannot wait. Good for you. I'm already, like, counting down the days. I have seven more shows to go. 
I'm off starting on Friday the 23rd. Vacation starts. I'm off till the end of the year. This year, we've usually done TV games for New Year's Eve. That's yes. been a tradition, but this year it's not a TV game. You're right, because I think it's Kent Everett. Our next one. Exactly. Yep. Damn yep. it, Everett. They don't want to participate in TV for some stupid reason. <laughs> I don't know why Silver I Tips, know. but we're missing out. And uh, so I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, that's good. Well, maybe and you can join us for wait. the biggest party then, too. Oh, I'll be here, baby. You got the, uh, do you got the hot chocolate mix? Or you got the coffee or tea or yeah. any, any hot drinks for Christmas time? I do a little hot cocoa. Yeah. Hot cocoa yeah, yeah, here yeah. or there. But I get my mochas going again. The mochas going, yeah, this little yep, whipped cream. Yep. Oh, I guess I can't, I can't make them at home anymore, but I'll, I'll get them on, on the road, like at a Starbucks or if I'm at a you know, different mom-and-pop hockey yeah, yeah, coffee yeah. place, I'll get one. Uh, I did just get a new latte thing, by the way. Oh. That was fun. A little Nespresso machine. So. This, hey, my wife is Oof. all in on the Nespresso. Ooh, man, it's good. It it's gets intense. you going. Yeah. I, I do like one little shot, and I'm like, that's I can't handle this much coffee. <laughs> I need to like, I go back to my Keurig. Just give me my normal 12-ounce coffee. This is too This is too sophisticated for I, me. I had the switch, because every time I have the Keurig coffee, I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> falling asleep like within an hour. I'm like, this is the reverse effect of what it's supposed to be doing. But then Espresso, woo, I need more going. caffeine, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've needed it, because you've had a lot. I mean, it's been a lot. So it, it'll be great to get a holiday break for everybody. And Merry Christmas, my man. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to the Hawks fans. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining us for this first half of the season, and we're going to have some more fun soon. All right, my thanks again to Luca Cagnoni and to Nick Merrick for hopping on the podcast. Great to catch up with both those guys and be back here uh, at the VMC. For those that remember kind of the the start of the season, I mentioned we're going to do some player features as the year goes on. And Luca was the first guy we talked to all the way back on episode two. And, uh, you know, being named to the prospect watch list and having his eyes on the NHL draft and kind of following how his story is unfolding this year has, has been really fun. And great to catch up with him again. The 100 career games, what a milestone that is to be around the league that long, to get invited to the prospect game. A really cool opportunity for him to go showcase his talents against uh, some of the best players at his level in the world. And, uh, really cool stuff going on for Luca. The game winning or the game tying goal on Saturday night against Seattle in the third period with 30 seconds left. Uh, that guy's having a terrific year. He's a big part of why Portland is the top team in the Western Conference and the top team uh, in the U.S. Division. And to Nick Merrick, uh, thanks as always to Nick for hopping on. And I know Hawks fans, if you were in attendance on Saturday. I think you'll agree with this. It was so fun to have him uh, emceeing the game. And it kind of took me back to the days of Scooter doing that and walking around the arena and uh, providing some insight and, you know, kind of talking to you on the Jumbotron. He excelled at that role. And Nick is a humble guy. He's great at what he does, but he was awesome uh, as the MC on Saturday night. So that was really cool to see. And I apologize to anybody that had to, you know, kind of counteractly put up with me on the radio broadcast because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Nick is a professional. Uh, so I'm sure you were glad to have him back on the radio call if you listened uh, on Sunday. But I uh, wanted to make sure I shouted that out again because Nick was awesome on Saturday night. And Hawks fans, you were awesome on Saturday night. I've been going to games for a long, long, long time. And growing her up around the organization and, go, you know, as a kid and all that, I just, that was one of the cooler environments that I can remember. And you could sense it. You know, I, I talked to some folks in the Hawks ownership group before the game, and they were fired up. And you could just tell this palpable sense of uh, excitement about what the night was going to be like and the anticipation, just everything that was going into that and the amount of people that were in the building when the doors opened at 3.30. Uh, you showed out. The teddy bear toss numbers were incredible. When Luca scored that goal in the final 30 seconds, that is one of the loudest crowds I've ever heard uh, at a Winterhawks game. 
So uh, congratulations to you for putting on a show on Saturday night. And I'm glad the team was able to get a win and uh, send everybody home happy because it looked a little shaky for a bit there in the third period. But it was all worth it. Uh, they got the two points and one in the shut and the shootout. And to follow that up with a nice win over Everett on Sunday, it just shows where this team's mentality is at. Luca kind of talked about that earlier on the pod where uh, they're focused, they're looking ahead, what's the next game, and uh, they're on to the next one. So big wins this weekend. Great to beat Seattle on Saturday night. Even though they're shorthanded, you always want to beat your rival because those points will pay a dividend later in the year. And then to follow it up with a big win over Everett. I do have a funny uh, personal story on Saturday. So my nieces and nephew are getting into going to Hawks games, and it's really fun to watch them kind of start following hockey and it takes me back to me as a kid and going to games and pounding on the glass and trying to get somebody to toss a puck up over to you. And so they were all thrilled and excited. They had their teddy bears all ready to go. And uh, one of my nieces was handed her bear. Her, her, my brother and uh, his wife bought these bears for the family. And they, they handed her her bear. And it was she started kind of touching it and feeling it. And it was so soft. She fell in love with her bear. And she refused to throw it on the ice. So I have to apologize to the Winterhawks that – they were one shy of what their total count should have been because she fell in love with the teddy bear that they got her that she did, she refused to throw it on the ice. So it was she's she has it in her room and she's keeping it. And so one one bear shy of of what uh, what the number should have been. I'm gl- I'm just glad they weren't one bear shy from setting the all time record because then I would have felt bad. But she was cute holding that thing. I saw him pregame walking around. She was all excited, but uh, the bear did not make it uh, to the ice. It, it went home and. Uh, she's going to keep that one pretty close to her. So a great weekend for the Winterhawks, and they're almost done here before the holiday break. It's coming up. Uh, only a couple more games to go. They're in Vancouver on Friday, home against Vancouver on Saturday, and then all the boys are heading home and uh, getting ready for the holiday break before they're back in action on the 28th against Tri-City as the Americans uh, are in town. So that will do it for us here on this episode. Thanks again to everybody for tuning in all season. Not quite sure what the schedule is going to be in the next two weeks because, again, the players are going to be gone and I think they're back on the 26th or 27th so maybe we can thread the needle there before New Year's Eve uh, and get a new episode out for you because we got to record then they're going on the road so we got to make sure we get a pod in just not quite sure when that's going to be but again a reminder if you subscribe to the podcast and follow it uh, no matter where you listen to it you'll get an update whenever a new episode uh, comes out so that will do it for us in case there's not a new one out before Christmas which there probably won't be have a great holiday season everybody Uh, thanks as always for tuning in Uh, I'm your host Andy Dirt Johnson. Until next time for tickets and for more information, you go check them out, winterhawks.com. Go Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 